and we'll turn to the book that we've been looking at, the book of Philippians. And today the verse we are looking at is uh, verse 24. Philippians 1 and verse 24. And this is what it says. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. The translation that we'll be concentrating or looking at this morning says it this way. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Last week we looked at verse 23. We spoke about uh, what it says. It says uh, in verse 23, For I am, Paul says, For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. We spoke about his desire. So here he is in prison. Here he is on the earth. But his desire was to be with Christ, to be absent in, on earth, and present with Jesus. We spoke about how he was wrestling with this, um, um, this thing in his life. He was, he, was, he was almost oppressed. He couldn't make up his mind. He wanted to be with Christ, which is far better, he says. But he says that um, he understands he needs to remain in the body here on earth in Rome at that time. And then today we get to verse 24. Nevertheless, he says, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. So here he's wrestling. He wants to be with Christ because he knows it's far better. And then he gets to this verse. Uh, as I said last week, verse 21 was the a conclusion that he came up with in, in Philippians of, of um, how life should be spent for every believer. There he's wrestling. He wants to be with Christ from verse 21. He reaches this point, says, but actually, for me to remain in my body, in the flesh, is more needful for you people, for you Philippians. It's more needful. See, the, the, the second half of Paul's dilemma appears in verse 24. The first part of his dilemma was to go and to be with Christ. Where Jesus is, there is heaven. We speak about heaven. We read about heaven. This is the place we'll be looking forward to going. Because we know the life that we, we find ourselves in. We know the challenges that we are um, opposed or are faced with. We understand and we experience these things. We haven't experienced heaven. We haven't experienced heaven. But we can read about it and we look forward to it. The promises that God has spoken and through his word about it, the place where he dwells. And so Paul finds himself in a tussle, trying to understand, trying to reason. But then he, in, in his conclusion, um, decides through the Holy Spirit, I, I would say, he realizes that for him to die, yes, is good for him, but it's not good for the people. Verse 24 deals with the first half of verse 21. To live is Christ. Remember my statement last week? 
he came to a conclusion. Paul started writing the book of Philippians in prison to the, the, the church that was free. He wasn't free. And he, uh, he came to this conclusion. I believe it should be for every single born-again Christian that um, this application should be in our lives. That to live is Christ. And we know to die is gain. So we look forward to when we die. But actually we find ourselves there today on this earth. And therefore Paul decided that actually in prison I'm still alive. And therefore I'm going to live for Christ. However that looks like. However it will, um, it will work out to I will still live for Christ. This is what the conclusion was from verse 21. I'm in prison, but I'm not going to be held back. I'm still going to live for Christ. Whatever opportunities God allows me to have in prison, I am going to live it for the glory of the King. Even if, if I was out free and about, ready to do what I'm called to do, I will still live my life according to the glory of the King who has died for me. The one that we celebrated this morning by breaking bread. So it starts off in, the, in verse 24. It says, starts off by saying, Nevertheless, this is a contrast to verse 23. To depart and be with Christ. <laughs> that is desire. But it says, nevertheless, I'm here. This is where God wants me to be at this point. To remain in the flesh is more needful for you. This means to continue to live physically. I think it's quite clear. It's quite clear. Now, I mean, he could, he could have been oppressed and kind of introspective and say, oh, I'm in prison, I'm going to die, all these things are going to happen to me. Well, what's the point of life? But actually, I'm here, this is where God has, called, has allowed me to be, and therefore I'm going to live this life as best as I can for him, for his glory. It's more needful for him to be alive for the Philippians. Paul said in effect, for me to go to be with the Lord Jesus is good for me. It's good for him to go and die and be with Christ. It was good for him, but not for you. Not for you. You people in Philippi would then not benefit from my uh, ministry. That's quite a bold statement to make. I'm in prison. I am... Uh, I, I am writing to encourage a church that is free, that is um, not bound. I am bound. I'm shackled. In my my um, movement is restricted in some ways. But actually for you who are free, me who's bound, it's more needful, it's more helpful for you that I'm alive, that I stay alive, that I do not get killed, that I don't get taken away. Now, <laughs> that statement... Um, he made, not out of arrogance, as many of us may find ourselves doing. It was not out of arrogance, but from a place of confidence, knowing that he has fruitful labor ordained by God for his future. And this fruitful labor that was ordained by God for his future involved the Philippian people, the Philippian church. This statement, one can argue borders on arrogance. You Philippians, you South Africans, you need me to be alive. It's more 
needful for you that I am alive, Paul would say. It almost borders, one could argue that it, um, is a, it, it's bordering arrogance. But we need to remember Paul's heart. We need to remember that his heart was for the Philippians. Yes, he was bound. There he was writing to encourage a church that wasn't bound in shackles. I would imagine that as he was writing this verse, he had the commandment in Matthew 6 verse 12, which says, a paraphrase, treat others as you would have them treat you. And so he has this in, in his mind and he writes, actually you Philippians need me to be alive. So I'm not writing and saying this to you out of a place of arrogance. I'm writing and saying this to you out of a place of confidence that I know what God has called me to. I know what he's equipped me to, to be able to do. I know the work, that he, the fruitful labor that he's prepared for me. And therefore I'm writing this to tell you that this is important. It's important that I do remain alive for your benefit. Yes, for my benefit as well, but actually for your benefit. And why I say that is because we know Paul's heart. He wasn't writing because he lorded over the Philippian church or the, the people in Philippi because he loved these people. He wanted to see them free. He wanted to see them progress in their, in their faith. Well, why would Paul say to the Philippians, for me to go to be with the Lord Jesus is good. It's good for him, but not for you. Well, why would Paul say that? Why would he say Well, simply because there is no scriptural evidence that any believer um, in heaven can help us down here. Paul knew that. When he goes to heaven, he can't help the Philippians. can't help the people that he has been speaking about to. The only help that any believer can give is while they are here in time on earth. The only help that Paul could give to the Philippian church, to the Philippian believers, the only help I can give you as a church, the only help you can give me um, as a believer, is on, it can only happen now whilst we are still alive. Whilst we are still alive. The word needful in that verse simply means necessary. So it should read this way. Nevertheless, the, to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. It's more needful for you, Philippian church. There is a need for you. There is a need for us being alive at this time on earth. So for you this morning, there's a need for you to be alive. I don't know what that need is, but there's a need for you to be alive. There's a specific need that God has for you and I. There's a need for you to be alive. Last week I started, or I stated that Paul concluded that the aim of life is to serve God with fruitful labor. Today his second conclusion, allied to the first one, 
is um, as he was writing this, remember he was writing this passage of scripture, I believe, uh, not just to encourage the Philippian church who was, as I said, were free physically. He was writing to also encourage himself. To also encourage himself. And he came to the conclusion. And he's having this discourse in his head about his life. What's the point of life? Oh, I'm here in prison. What, am I? what good am I? What good does my life serve? How am I going to uh, be used by God to advance this gospel that he's called me to preach? And so he encourages the church. And the second conclusion he comes up to is that the aim of life is to be a blessing to other people. So the first aim is that we live our lives serving God with fruitful labor as you serve God so God has prepared works for you and I to, to, to walk into. The second one is that uh, as you do that, so you are called to be a blessing to each other. A blessing to each other. Paul says, to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. From a place of confidence in God's purposes, not out of arrogance. And I have to repeat that. He didn't make that statement out of a place of, I know it all. I am the anointed one. I am the man. You are the man, but you're in prison. You're not free. He spoke out of a place of confidence in knowing what God has called him to be and to do. He lives to be a means of bringing about God's will in the lives of others. He wants to see these Christians progressing in their faith. I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress, he says in verse 25. We will see that next week. Paul wasn't too concerned about himself. I'm sure he was. He's at the end of the day, he's a human being. But by reading scripture, what he wrote through the help of the Holy Spirit, it shows that he, wasn't, he, he took himself, he wasn't too concerned about himself. He was concerned about others. He was concerned about your progress, your growing up, your maturing. Christian conversion is only the barest beginning. We have to make progress. We need the help of others. We need the help of others. Now when I say that, we need to be, let's not fool ourselves. We need each other. We need each other. But you know, in our, in our arrogant way of life, in our, I'm, I can do it myself, I don't need you. Um, this, is, this is how uh, pride comes, and comes into our lives. And almost overclouds the things that God has for us. We need each other. You remember the, the, the scripture in um, Corinthians where it speaks about one body, many parts. And I can't say to the nose, I don't need you because your nose is too big. And your, it doesn't, I, we need each other. The eye needs each other. The, 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 the nose needs, needs the eye. <laughs> the body, to be complete, needs every part together. But the enemy comes and says, actually, no, you don't need that person. You don't need their gift. We don't need that. You can do it yourself. 
No, no, no. I need you as much as, I, as you need me. I don't say that out of a place of arrogance either. Please hear me. But I need you so that I can grow, I can mature, so that we together can walk this, can run this race like an athlete with one target to finish this race. I need you as much as you need me. These Philippians needed Paul. They did. Why? Well, because he was more mature than they were. He had received apostolic revelation from God. So what are the revelations that God has given to you that I need to hear from, from you? What revelations has God given me that you need to hear from me? And as we interact in the Christian family at large, what are the things God has said to other Christians that we need to hear from, from them? And vice versa. They needed him around some more. They needed his friendship. They needed his encouragement. How many of us know that we need each other's encouragement? We need each other's encouragement. Because this world is against us. We need to lift each other up by way of prayer and by high fives and saying, well done, man. Well done. You can do it. Don't give up. We need each other's encouragement. We need each other's prayers. I need you to pray for me as you need me to pray for you. We need to be praying for one another. This is why they needed him. And of course, they needed his love, among many th other things. I need your love. You need my love. We all need each other's love. We do. But you see, Paul's main aim here was to encourage their progress in the life of unity. Life of humility and outreach. Unity is a, is a, is a big word. The word of uh, the Lord says that where there's unity, he commands blessing. Where there's unity, he, com he commands blessing. He cannot help himself but command blessing. And where, where, where there's division, there is no blessing. So what would the enemy try and do? Is bring division. Is bring div and one of the easiest ways for him to bring division is he causes us to rise up in a prideful way. Prideful way. And when you are proud, you, you, you think you, you're better than the rest of us. Or when I'm proud, I might think I'm better than you. You know, God says, I will bless where there's unity. What well, does the word of God also say that? 
uh, a fall of pride comes before a fall. Is that right? In other words, you won't fall and then become proud. <laughs> you will become proud, and out of your pride, you will fall. And then, you know, if you, if you humble yourself, you will be exalted, you'll be lifted up high. But if you're proud, you will be brought down. And these are little principles that God has put in His Word that we are to follow and we are to encourage each other and help each other. If you see that I'm being proud, please help me. Help me by loving me and telling me, Joe, no. That's not how the Word of God directs us. So these Philippians needed Paul's encouragement. They needed Paul's wisdom. They needed Paul's revelation. Paul's conclusion from last week is that the main aim of life is to serve God. God with fruitful labor. And I underlined it, I said, with fruitful labor. So it's not just a passive serving God. As you serve Him and as you walk into the things He's prepared for you, there's fruitful labor that follows you. You just see things happening, and it's not you, it's Him. But you're just walking into it. He has His word in Ephesians 2:10 says that He has preordained or foreordained the good works for us to walk, walk into. And if he's done that, he's done the work. He's done the work. And so we are responsible to just walk into it and just continue. Just, just be obedient. Just love him. Just serve him. Just do the things that he's called you to do. And you will see the fruitful labor that will follow. I mean, it's true. Every human being wants to see achievement, isn't it? I know I want to see some sort of achievement in every area of my life. In the Christian context, we also want to see uh, um, achievement. But God says the achievement that you achieve is being done already by me for you. So you just walk into it. And then the achievements just start taking place. And then it doesn't become a... Uh, labor some, some living this Christian life. It becomes a joyful activity. It becomes joyful for me to see you. And I hope it becomes joyful for you to see me. And when we go do some activities with our sweat, it's not because we have to, but because we want and God has prepared these things for us. And we get fulfilled. The second aim of life is to be a blessing to others. A blessing to other people. See, these two aims point or lead us to Jesus' answer when he was asked, which is the greatest commandment in Matthew 22? His answer, verse 36, was, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Verse 38. This is the first and greatest commandment. And this is what the conclusion that Paul came to last week. Aim of life is to serve God. And as you serve in the rest, the fruitful labor follows. 
Verse 39. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Man, how hard is it to love our neighbors? The second aim of life is to be a blessing to other people. How hard is it for you to love your neighbor? How hard is it for you? It's easy to say that we love the Lord our God with our soul, our minds, our everything. Why? Because we don't see him. And in front of you, I can look all holy. I'm serving God. But outside of you, you, maybe I'm not that holy. But it's easier to do that than to love you, who maybe might not show me love in the way I expect to be loved. I always say, you know, the, the cross is relationally based. So up is a relationship between us and God the Father. And then this way is between relationships between us. It flows from heaven down to us and then it extends that way to each other. If it just flows from heaven and it doesn't flow that way, it is, it's almost, there's a plug. It's, it's not flowing like it should be. That's my little example that I use to remind myself. I cannot just receive, receive, receive. I need to give, give, give. Because you need what I know. And I need what you know. I need what you have. And you need what I have. So Paul, the great apostle Paul, finds himself in prison. He concludes in verse 21 that to live here whilst I'm in prison uh, is, is Christ. And so I ask me, I ask you, where are you in your life? What is happening? What has life thrown at you? Whether it's apples or lemons or grapes, what is life thrown at you? And what is your conclusion about those things? Do you have you resolved that actually whatever comes my way, whether I'm plagued with bad luck as it were, for lack of a better example, what have you what is your conclusion? Is living for Christ? Or are you living for you? Inward focused. What have you resolved? Yes, we know that when we go to heaven, it will be gain. We will no longer need faith. Every tear will be wiped away from our, our faces, which you look forward to um, so desperately. But guess what? We remain here. God has chosen for us to be here. We are still here. God hasn't called us home yet. Therefore, he must have a purpose for you and I. That purpose involves others. It involves others. So I leave us with these two questions. Number one, are you serving God by loving him with all your heart, your soul, 
in mind. And how does that look like? And then number two, are you a blessing to other others? Are you being a blessing to others? Or dare I say, are you being a blessing to others? Or are you being a curse to others? Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? These are simple questions we need to ask ourselves. But they are profound in in what they deal with because it makes us look at our hearts. Makes us look at our hearts. Are you serving God with everything He's given you? With your whole life? And are you being a blessing to others? Are you being a curse or pain? Do people delight when they see you? Oh, man! Or do they say, oh, man? (laughs) Which one? I must be honest, I want to be the one that when I walk in, people must be like, yo, man, yes! Not, oh, no, here we go again. Here we go again. But I must admit that I'm, I fall short of that all the time. I fall short of that all the time. And therefore I have to be asking my fellow brothers and sisters to help me. To help me by praying for me. To help me by encouraging me, walking alongside me to opening up myself to all those things. And so, Father, we need your help here. We need your help here, God. Holy Spirit, help us all. Help us all, God. We need your help. We want to live as those who obey the great, the greatest commandment that we love you, Lord, with everything in us. Our everything, God. And the second one, that we live in a way that we are blessing to each other, to our neighbors, as hard as it might be, I ask you, Jesus, to help us. In Jesus' name I pray.